The following audio is from Downtown Church, a multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com. Without further ado, let's now go to God's Word. Reading from God's Word, Hebrews 10, 1-18. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities, it can never be the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they have not ceased to be offered, since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer... Would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of the bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these offered according to the law. Then he added, behold, I will have come, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declared the Lord. I put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember that sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. What we just heard was the very words of God. Amen. Amen. August 9th, 2014 was the day that Michael Brown Jr. was shot to death by former officer Darren Wilson of the Ferguson Police Department there in Missouri. Um, Caused outrage nationwide. Um, I don't know that things will ever be the same after the shooting. And no matter where you land on this incident... One thing is for sure, and one thing that I will never forget is the reality that Michael Brown's slain body laid in the sweltering heat for four long hours. No matter where you land on the details, no matter where you land on the facts of the case, no matter where you land on the decisions, one thing that I will never forget is the reality that on Canfield Drive in Ferguson, Missouri, Michael Brown's body lay there in the street for four long hours. And as the crowd gathered there on Canfield Drive and Michael Brown's slain body still laying there in the street, people began to get outraged. There were instances of people pulling their children back into their homes for fear that it would traumatize them. 
this body laying there on Canfield Drive for four long hours. And as the crowd uh, began to get restless, it seemed as if nobody cared that somebody had died. It seemed as if nobody wanted to pay attention as this body lay there in the street in the sweltering heat for four long hours. And even Michael Brown's own uncle barged through the yellow tape and he would walk up to his body just to affirm that it was him. And it seemed like the police were going on with business as usual. And it seemed like nobody cared that somebody has died. And when we move to our text this morning, we see a similar sentiment. What we see is the writer of Hebrews, he is making this bold declaration that somebody has died. And this death has caused some outrage, but yet this death is something incredibly beautiful. And the writer of Hebrews, he essentially is peering over the proverbial yellow tape. And he is wanting every reader that would come in contact with Hebrews chapter 10 to recognize that somebody has died. We shouldn't go on with business as usual. Somebody has lost their life. Somebody has paid the ultimate price. Somebody has been sacrificed. Wants the world to know that somebody, get this, not something, has died. We're going to look at that very topic this morning, but before we go any further, let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. And Father, we just need you this morning. God, with all that's going on, God, we need you. We need you in the church, God. We need you in our homes. We need you in those private conversations with people like us. God, we need you. So would you help us? Would you stay the hand of the enemy against your church? And I pray, God, that you would use us, that you would use us to pull people together rather than to divide them. And it's in your name we pray this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. See, the writer of Hebrews, he gives us this message in our passage that the law will never, never, ever have the ability to rescue See, the goal is that every reader would understand that there is a new way. And essentially, the writer of Hebrews acknowledges that the Old Testament pictures of dealing with sin, he acknowledges those things. But essentially, what he says is they are not good enough. And he knows that animals would regularly be be slaughtered in the temples. And particularly during the time of Passover, 
there, there would be hundreds of thousands of animals being slaughtered because people were coming to the temple and priests would work non-stop, day and night, slaughtering animals. And so much so that they built these troughs that the blood of these animals would run down the street. Because people realized that they needed something for their messiness. They needed something for their brokenness. They needed something for their sin. But the writer of Hebrews is saying, what we see there in the Old Testament, it is a mere sign. It is a symbol. It is only a shadow of what's to come. And he begins to point every reader in a different direction. He says, those things, those pictures, those signs and those symbols, those slaughtering of animals... They are good things, but they are not great things. And the reality is, the writer of Hebrews is laboring, even in Psalm chapter 10, to move us from those symbols and those signs of the Old Testament that we may fully embrace the person of the New Testament. So what he does is he shows those signs and those symbols And he points us to Christ and he says, there is something, someone who is greater. He reminds those Jewish believers and unbelievers, he reminds them about their tendency to look to uh, practices and to look to symbols. He reminds them and he is essentially saying, Uh, Don't you remember that that you would take those animals and that you would slaughter those animals on your behalf? And what the writer of Hebrews is saying is they are a mere shadow. They will never be able to accomplish the work that Christ has come to accomplish with his very own life. So much so that you have to go back every year. And every year this is just a reminder That you're never good enough. That your sin is ever before you. He's saying, there is something. There's a new way. There's a new person who has come to sacrifice his life once and for all. And he points us to Jesus Christ. He points us to the forgiveness in Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews, he makes this bold declaration to every reader. Somebody has died. That person has died for a cause that you and I may fully embrace Jesus Christ. And this death can actually remove sin. See, see, those Old Testament pictures of animal sacrifices, they could never remove sin. Uh, they, They could only pacify sin for a while. And for those of you who have children, and if you believe in the pacifier, you know that 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 pacifier will soon enough no longer pacify that child. And you're going to have to give that child something of substance. Or they're going to go berserk. That pacifier will not work for long. 
This is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. He's essentially saying those signs and those pictures and those symbols in the Old Testament, those sacrifices, they were mere pacifiers. And now there is one who is greater and he is one of sustenance. He is the one who will satisfy and his name is Jesus. What difference does the death of Christ make? I want to lift up a couple ideas before you this morning. We've got to understand that Christ's death sanctifies. Look at verse 9 with me. Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. See, to be sanctified is to be made holy. And apart from the death of Christ, there is no way to be made holy. There is no way to be set apart, separate from the death of Christ. And the idea of sanctification here is to permanently be made holy. Saying there, there is only full sanctification In Christ, it is to be made holy. And what he's talking about, he's not talking about a mere living, a righteous life. It is the position of holiness that the writer of Hebrews is describing here. Saying only the sacrifice of a perfect lamb can set you and I apart through faith. Only the sacrifice of a perfect lamb has the strength and the power to make us holy. It's only by the sacrifice of a perfect lamb that you and I may be sanctified. That we might be set apart, holy, and righteous. See, this means that we need to have a standing before God of holiness. It's more about our position than our practice. The Apostle Peter, he puts it this way in 1 Peter 3, 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. Get this, that he might bring us to God. And this is the goal. Christ has suffered. Christ has sacrificed himself to bring us to God. And through the sacrifice of Christ, essentially, Jesus picks us up in the brokenness of our own sin. And he carries us to the Father. That's the only way that we can have right relationship with God. It's through the timely sacrifice of a lamb. And no longer do we have to take our our proverbial animals to the altar and sacrifice them for their blood. There was blood shed through the cross of Calvary in Jesus Christ once and for all. And all Jesus says is, accept me. We needed a sacrifice to be sanctified. And it is the death of Christ that sanctifies us. Not for ourselves, but that we might be brought to God. That our relationship with God might be made right. It's the sacrifice of God that sanctifies us. Secondly, Christ's death brings 
forgiveness. The writer of Hebrews, he quotes God in verse 17 when saying, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of, of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. How powerful is it that the perfect Lamb of God says through faith, He will remember our sins no more. You know, the reality of our sin is is that the wages of sin is due death. And the reality of our sin separates us from a righteous and a holy God. And we are enemies of God because of our sin. And I think we struggle to believe that at times. I think we struggle to believe the reality that we are enemies of God. And what the sacrifice of Christ says is not only are you an enemy, but there is no way for you to receive real forgiveness of your sins. An animal can only cover. Things that you can do in your own strength can only cover. But what Christ comes to do is he forgives Fully and forever. And he does not remember. He says, as far as the east is from the west. He says, I, I will take your sin and I will launch it and toss it into the sea of forgetfulness. That's how much I love you. I want to tell you this morning that the only way we receive that is by faith. But the only way we receive that is because of the sacrifice of Christ. Apart from the sacrifice of Christ, there is no real forgiveness of sins. The writer of Hebrews says in chapter 9, verse 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Christ knew that his death was the only hope for forgiveness. And he willingly gave it up. That beautiful? The reality that Christ knew that his life was the only method. And he willingly gave his life up. See, because forgiveness is the hardest thing for so many of us to receive, it's also the toughest thing for so many of us to give away. It's the hardest thing. Aren't we our own worst critic? Isn't it tough to forgive ourselves? And then God has challenged us and commanded us to forgive others. We found ourselves in relationships that are not pleasing to God. We've frivolously spent the resources that God has given us. We've lived prideful lives. We've indulged in pornography. We've cheated on spouses. We've We've done all of these things. And the sacrifice of God comes. It says real forgiveness happens through my shedding of blood. It's the only way. But lastly, and we're going to spend some work here. Christ's death is for many. 
chapter 9, verse 28, leads us into our passage when the writer of Hebrews declares, So Christ, having been offered, wants to bear the sins of many. And i got to be honest, this, this is where my thoughts land this week. This week I've had many sleepless nights. And the affirmation from God's word is that his sacrifice is for many. And all over scripture, we can look to the Abrahamic covenant where, where God covenants with Abram. And he says to him, I'm going to use you to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. We, we can look to the, the mission and the ministry of the Apostle Paul. How he was faithful to minister to Jews and to Gentiles. And even here in Hebrews chapter 9, what we see is the writer of Hebrews saying, Christ's sacrifice is as if he's yelling it from a mountaintop. That Christ's sacrifice is for many. That all who receive Jesus, and this, this comes crashing down on me this week. Because what I hear when God covenants with Abraham and what I hear through the mission and the work of the Apostle Paul and what I hear through the writer of Hebrews saying that God's sacrifice of his only son is for many, that it does not matter what ethnicity you are, it does not matter how much money you have in the bank, that God's sacrifice can be applied to your life through faith. And these truths come crashing down on me this week. Because in our society today, we, we don't live this way. Because the reality is everybody hadn't taken hold when somebody gets shot down in the street. Everybody hadn't embraced the reality that somebody has died. That there's been a real death. And it's and it becomes so easy to rush to these claims of what about black on black crime or what about the, the breakdown in the black family or where's the African American leadership? And we rush past the reality that somebody has died. Somebody lost their life. A mother has lost her son. A sister has lost her brother. Children have lost their fathers. Somebody has died. And even if we have situations in our lives where we've been wronged by people who are different than us and and now we hold them at bay. What the sacrifice of Christ says is, I gave all for you. And now you are to give all for others. And this is tough. Because so many people hear those words. They hear that sentiment. And they believe that it is a violation of Police officers. And it doesn't have to be. 
even as it relates to police officers, we, we saw this week alone 11 police officers shot and five of them killed. They are separated from their families prematurely. Somebody has died and our hearts ought to be broken and our hearts ought to be tethered to this truth that the sacrifice of Christ is for many. That the sacrifice of Christ is not just for the affluent. That the sacrifice of Christ is not just for the marginalized or the oppressed. That, that the sacrifice of Christ is not for the person shot down in the street, but it's also for the person doing the shooting. Yet, if I were honest to you, I don't always believe that. I don't always believe that the sacrifice of Christ is also for the assailant. I don't always believe it. And if I were honest... There's been many times where I've been handcuffed myself for no reason, which made me doubt that the sacrifice of Christ was for everybody. There's been times where I've had my own car searched for no reason, which makes me doubt that the sacrifice of Christ is for everybody. And yet I, I, I have to stand and declare God's word and I toe the tension of being a black man created in the image of God and fearfully and wonderfully made and proud of it. And yet I'm a pastor at a multi-ethnic church. And I'm responsible of towing that tension. Where does this leave us? And I'm sure all of us can take a minute and think of tough experiences in our lives. Where does this leave us? I got to tell you that I've been just like Mr. Philando, pulled over, doing the best I can to put my hands up. And I used to have a CCW permit, and I've had to personally admit to officers that I've got a firearm in the car. And all I could think about is... That hashtag could have been filled with my name. But for the grace of God. And it breaks my heart. Because the sacrifice 
Christ is for many. And the reality today, if I were honest, I, I tell you that there have been times where I've been treated worse by black cops. And so this is not as much about race as it is about systems that are just not just. There are broken systems that that need to be repaired. There are systems that that cause people to think a certain way when I walk in a room or cause people to think a certain way when I'm pulled over by a police officer, no matter what their race is. There's broken systems. But we are the church. And the sacrifice of Jesus, even with broken hearts, even with dumbfounded attitudes, and we don't know what to do, even with dispositions of ignorance, we are the church. And the blood of Jesus ran down that we might not be divided, but that we might be unified. And so shall we pray? Shall we grieve? Shall we mourn together as a body that has been unified by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Jesus says, I know you don't get it all right. I know your, your perspectives aren't 100% right. But he served as the perfect Lamb of God. So in light of all that's happened, would love for us to spend a moment praying. To grieve. To lament. All that's happened. My freshman college roommate is a Border Patrol agent. I've got a cousin who works in the mean streets of St. Louis City as a police officer. I've got countless friends who work all over the country because I was a criminal justice major and wanted to go into law. So I've got friends all over the country who wear the uniform that I text and that I pray for and that I call upon to say, what are you thinking? And so what I want you to hear from me is that this is not anti-police. This is about systems that are broken, that need the Lord to reign. It begs the church to rise up. Because the sacrifice of Christ is for many. Let's pray together. So if you feel so led, stand, cry out to God. Let's mourn 
and lament together for the happenings of our country. And may we trust that God would move our hearts into action. Oh God, we need you. God, we need you. God, we don't have all the answers to the things and the events that are happening in our country. God, we need you. And so, God, we come before you as a church. And God, we lament before you. We pray that your Holy Spirit would reign in our hearts. And reign in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.